before I begin my homily, how about this renovation? Certainly, I want to thank all of you for your generosity, especially those who have given particularly for this project. As you can tell, some of the renovation pieces are not yet fully finished. You can tell part of the altar is not done, and those are not real statues. <laughs> Maybe people from the side. Um, so um, we decided not to get real statues to save money to pay off our debt. <laughs> Wait a second, we don't have a debt. <laughs> so they're a little bit late, they're a little bit late. Tonight on this sacred evening, the church celebrates three primary mysteries. The first is the mystery of the priesthood, the ministerial priesthood that Jesus inaugurates so as to serve the people of God. The second is the mystery of the Holy Eucharist, is the sacrament of unity, the sacrament of love by which we are united to Christ and receive a foretaste of really the life to come. And finally, we celebrate this mystery of the life-giving service or the humble service that each of us are called to give to one another. What's interesting is that Jesus says to his disciples after he washes his feet in today's gospel, do you realize what I have done for you? I mean, Jesus is, is doing something that seems kind of radical, to wash the feet of his disciples and Peter objects, and there's this kind of back and forth here, and, and Jesus is saying, unless I wash your feet, you have no place in me. You have no inheritance. And so Jesus washes her feet, and he says, do you realize what I have done for you? And he says, if I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow so that as I have done for you, you should also do. Well, this is a call for all of us in the whole church to love and serve others as Christ has loved us. This is in a particular way a call for priests to love the faithful, the people of God. And so tonight I wanted to simply reflect a little bit about what the priesthood is and how is it that we are called to serve all of you. Do you realize what I have done for you? I really believe that the degree to which we realize what Jesus has done for us on the cross by washing us of our sins, by you reconciling us to the Father, the degree to which we're aware of that, we realize that, is often the degree to which we are willing to love our neighbor and to love our enemies. And I'll never forget when I first had this realization of what God has done for me. I remember I was a senior in high school, and some of you remember the story. Senior in high school, I go to this youth conference at Franciscan University of Steubenville. And in the evening talk on Saturday, the priest is preaching about the goodness and the love of God. And as the blessed sacrament comes by me, we're encouraged to give everything over to, the, to him to allow him to love us. And I begin to weep and this sob. And I remember at that point, like I was just overwhelmed by the love that God had for me. I had this realization that God is real and he loves me. And the other realization is that all of my sins were completely forgiven. I had never experienced a love like that. And so I was weeping. And it was a very powerful moment for me because love was revealed to me then. If you were to ask me before, do you love God? I probably would have given the pat answer, yes, I love God. Only because I have to. I have to go to church on Sunday. My parents are making me go to church on Sunday. I don't really get this stuff. But at that moment, it became real because I realized what he had done for me. And that stirred up in me a desire to respond to that kind of love. And by the way, this is one of the things that we talk about in evangelization. 
to lead people to a place where they want to respond by loving God with everything they have. And so when I went to Grand Valley State University, I tried living that out. And I was finding myself trying to share the gospel with people on campus. And there was an adoration chapel not too, long, not too far away from the university, and I would spend my time in front of the Blessed Sacrament because that's where my transformation happened. I would kneel down before the Blessed Sacrament and I would pray to him. And I would say, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, I'll do it. And I, I asked that question that I think that all young people should ask, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And I just had sensed the Lord say, how about become my priest? What's interesting is I had dated all throughout high school and in college, and I believe I was dating someone at the time when he said that. I didn't think too much of it because I had come to love him. He was inviting me to love him in response. He says, sure, Lord, whatever you want. And then I realized, my crap, priests are celibate. <laughs> no. And I had this like, deep struggle that was going on here. But one of the things I noticed is that there was a love inside of me that did not come from me. I had this desire to leave everything to make him known, to be, to be someone who shares with people the life of Jesus, to lead people to Jesus and to lead Jesus to people. And it wasn't until I began to look at this, I realized that that's exactly what the priesthood is. The priesthood is to mediate, right, the, and to be an icon of the love of Jesus. And as I began to discover what the priesthood was, I began to ask the Lord, like, Lord, what is going on here? You have to give me a greater desire for this. And that was not very difficult for him to answer because I started to, to desire to leave everything to serve the people of God. I'll be the first person to say that my desire to be a priest did not come from me. It came from him. It was not me who chose him, it's him who chose me. And Father Miguel can say the exact same thing. It is a profound mystery that God called me. And one of the things that I began to realize as I went to seminary is that the priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. That's what St. John Vianney said. It's the love of the heart of Jesus. Jesus' heart was broken and bruised so that we might have life, so that his people who were enslaved to sin and death might come alive and be one with God. And as I began to pray as the seminary, as I was in the seminary, I began to see that same kind of love happening in my own life. And I could, to be completely honest, I was, comp I was really blown away from it. I was blown away by it. That he's asking me to share in his love? Remember, the priesthood is not about me, it's about you. That we have priests that are ordained, they're ordained for you so that you might have life. I exist to serve you. I am not my own. Just as a husband does not get married so that he can be with himself, a priest does not get ordained so that he can somehow choose some sort of career or to climb the ladder, if you may. I do want to be Pope one day, just so you be clear. <laughs> I have full intention of climbing the ladder. Kidding. But it's this call to service. And this call to service was very profound in my own heart. And I began to realize that the priest doesn't just share in, in, in Jesus' priesthood. He shares in his spousal relationship with the church. That priest is in the person of Jesus as bridegroom, vis-a-vis -vis the church as bride. That he sets us apart in order to love and serve you. I absolutely love that because it's not just a simplistic analogy. It's not a cute little analogy. It's a very real thing. I mean, most priests, especially if they're pastors, have this extraordinary like, sense of love for the people of God. And I, and I know that I don't express it very well, uh, and I don't express it very often, but like, I love you. 
Like, I, I really, like, there, there's something inside of me, again, it's not my love. I'm participating in something that's greater. And so this mystery of the priesthood is, it's, it's, it's about spiritual fatherhood. We're called to teach. We're called to sanctify. We're called to govern and lead. We, we have a very high calling. But of all the things that we're called to do, and all the things that we, that we are privileged to do, it's to bring about and confect the Holy Eucharist. I did not leave or, or, or abandon or let go of a life with a wife and children for a symbol. I said yes to the priesthood so that I can be a person who helps bring Jesus' life-giving body and blood to the world. And it's this particular mystery that if we recognize the grandeur of, we would, we would be overcome by joy. And that's why we're here tonight. That's why we do this renovation in the first place. The reason why we do this is because this is a holy place. This is a place where Jesus, God, becomes present and we can partake in the sacrifice. This is a place where we can be in union with God. There's a reason why we do this to the church, to lift our minds and hearts to God so that we can be one with him. And as Christians, when we recognize this mystery, we can fall on our faces more, more freely and worship him. And we're made to worship. I don't know about you, but any time that I choose to worship anything other than God, misery and hopelessness and emptiness follows. But when I am free to worship my love, my beloved, my God, who's given himself for me, it's that, it's that, that, that time I come alive. And that's that, it's at that time that you come alive. So as priests, we're called to really give ourselves away for the sake of the Eucharist. Without the priesthood, there is no Eucharist. And without the Eucharist, there is no divine life in the church. Jesus said, himself said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life within you. My body is true flesh and my blood is true drink. This morning at the Chrism Mass, at every year, the bishop asks the priests to renew their own vows, their, their priestly commitments. And I'm very aware that as I celebrate 13 years of priest in June, that I'm called to a standard that I cannot possibly meet on my own. I'm very aware of my own weaknesses and how I fall short. And I think if we are honest with ourselves, we look around in the church, especially in the last several decades, we're very well aware of how bishops and priests have failed the people of God. How some have actually used their authority and lorded it over people, used it to take advantage of people, to hurt people, Many have been driven away from the church. It breaks my heart as a priest that there are some even teaching today things that aren't what Jesus teaches. Rather than gathering the faithful, they scatter the faithful by refusing to be obedient to the teachings of the church. And so, this is very important for us to recognize that we can't judge the priesthood of Jesus Christ by those who fall short of it. And I know all too well what this feels like. When I was considering going into seminary in 2002, there was the sex abuse scandal that broke in Boston. And as I was talking to other people, like, yeah, I was kind of shy about sharing people I wanted to be a priest. And someone was like, why would you want to be a priest? Why would you want to join that group? You see, for them, all they saw was abuse. All they saw was pain. And for me, what I felt God calling me to do is to replace a Judas in the church. My name is Matthias. 
Matthias, in the Acts of the Apostles, replaced a Judas. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to leave Jesus because of Judas, and I'm not going to leave the people of God who have been suffering to be all by themselves without someone to serve them. And so rather, some people are like, hey, run away from the fire. I can't. There are people in that fire. I have to go in there. And so I know my weakness. I know how much I've failed. I know that I've hurt some of you. And so if you've been hurt by the church in any way, if you've been hurt by me because I'm not a perfect icon of Jesus, I fail. I'm not as loving. I'm not as patient. I'm not as present. I want to apologize to you personally on behalf of the church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've been hurt. But I want to also encourage you. Jesus does not identify himself with sin. He identifies himself with sinners. And that's why he went to the cross. And the good news is, is that if I'm not canceled because of the the actions of some priests, you're not canceled because of the action of some Christians. We are in the the business of being redeemed, amen? He gives us second chances. He gives the church his life. He gives the church his promise that he will always be with her. Let's remember today as we celebrate this extraordinary mystery of the priesthood, that God would set people apart to have them to love and to serve and to bring us the Holy Eucharist through them. Let us remember that this is a call to love, a call to love that is gifted from the very heart of Jesus himself. Just a couple minutes, Father Miguel and I will be washing the feet of 12 parishioners. This act is just to imitate him, to imitate his love. It's to be like him. So I want you to see in this washing of the feet a symbol of not our love, but of Christ's love for you. And as you see that, remember that you're called to live out that mystery of loving, loving and humble service to others. Because at its core and at its heart, that is what the Eucharist, the gift from the priesthood, is all about.